Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worf. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. I want to invite you to turn in your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 8, 1 Samuel chapter 1, I should say, verse 8, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8, and one of the ways we get encouraged is through the reading of God's Word. Uh, the Bible teaches that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as long as you're part of Chapel of Change, one of the things you will regularly hear is, let's turn in the Bible to da 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 why is that? Because the Word of God strengthens our faith. Someone shout amen to that. So I want to read a passage of Scripture, and then I just want to encourage our faith today with the remaining minutes that we have. But we're serious about somebody's faith being stronger and stronger and stronger. The Word of the Lord reads in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 8. Ready or not, here it goes. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, someone say Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So notice this, uh, this interchange between Hannah and her husband. Look at verse 9. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorstep post of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. I want you to notice a couple of things that her heart is broken. Her heart is discouraged. I want you to notice that she is in a hard season of her life, but I also want you to notice where she's at. I want you to notice where she takes her discouragement. I want you to know where she takes her broken heart. She doesn't take her broken heart to the phone. She takes her broken heart to the throne. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Even though she's discouraged, she goes to the tabernacle of the Lord, which is, in those days, the house of the Lord. In our day, it would be called the church of God. And so notice, her heart is broken, she's discouraged, but she goes to the house of the Lord. And look at verse 11, I'm going to read on. It says, then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. I want you to notice in that scripture, she calls upon the Lord of hosts. Someone say hosts. We learned some months ago that God has many different names. 
and each name express a certain aspect of God's character and his attributes. Are you following along? So God is everything to us. Would you agree with that? He is everything to us. He is everything. But at different times and in different parts of our life, we need a certain aspect of God to come through in our life. Are you following along? She calls upon the Lord of hosts, and that title for God means the God of the armies of heaven. The God of the armies of heaven. That, that term Lord of hosts means the chief general of all the armies of heaven. So what am I going, where am I going uh, with this? I'm going with that this mother or this sister or this daughter knew how to fight her battles. She knew how to call upon the Lord to fight her battle. She called upon the Lord God of the armies of Israel, the armies of heaven. God, I have a battle and I know that I cannot fight it on my own. I know that I cannot win it in my own strength, in my own wisdom. So I need God, the chief general of all of heaven to show up and fight my battle for me. How many need God to fight your battles for you? How many need God to fight your battles for you? And so I want us to learn today uh, from this prominent mother in the Bible, uh, Hannah. Uh, this mother in the Bible uh, went through a lot of uh, trials in life. She went through a lot of heartache in life. And to summarize her story is that for a long season of her life, she was barren. She could not have a baby. And she uh, was brokenhearted. She was brokenhearted. She was discouraged. People made fun of her. People laughed at her. People ridiculed her. People uh, criticized her. And in her broken heart, uh, she throws herself to the house of the Lord. She, she, she brings her heart to the altar of God. And she, the Bible says she pours out her soul before the Lord. She, she cries unto God. And I, I, I love that about Hannah. She knew where to go when she was discouraged. And you need to know where to go when you get discouraged and you have your heart broken or you feel rejected or you feel lonely or you feel like God is not on your side or you feel like somebody has done you wrong. You need to know where to go. When the devil breaks your heart, when life does not live up to its expectations, you need to know where to go. And this daughter of God, she runs to the house of the Lord and she cries out to the Lord God Almighty. And ultimately, God grants her a son. God answers her prayer. In fact, God doesn't give her any ordinary son. God gives her the prophet Samuel, and he goes on to be a mighty man of God, and he goes on to do exploits for the kingdom of God, but you can trace Samuel back to the prayer of his mother. You can pray, uh, trace Samuel back to the, to the perseverance of his mother that she did not give up. 
And so I want us to look on her today. I want us to just reflect upon Hannah today in the scripture to uh, strengthen our faith. And I want us in particular to encourage the mothers or the, the future mothers that are, that are in the house today. And when I think of mother, uh, I, I think of counselor. When I think of mother, I think of um, teacher. When I think of mother, I think of counselor. I think of teacher. I think of doctor. I think of lawyer. I think of psychologist. I think of security guard all wrapped up in one. Ain't that true? That a mother has many hats to fulfill in life. And I would suggest to you that a mother has such a critical role in society uh, that the, the word mother in Hebrew actually means the bond of the family. The word mother in Hebrew actually means the bond of the family. And the word signifies a force that strengthens and holds things together. The word mother in the Hebrew language signifies a strength and a hold that holds things together. So think about this. When God wanted to hold together a family, he called upon a mother. When God wanted to hold together a son, he called upon a mother. When God wanted to hold together a daughter, he called upon a mother. When God wanted to hold together a husband, hello somebody, he called upon a mother. And I want to encourage the faith of mothers today or future mothers today by looking at the faith of Hannah in the Bible. She is one of the most prominent mothers in the Bible. And although she went through grief and heartache, her faith teaches us some lessons today. And I want to I bring out her faith today. I want us to think about what does faith look like? Because some of y'all, you're not, you're, not, you're not believing for a baby anymore, or you're not, you're not necessarily believing for a child, but maybe you're believing for a restoration of a relationship. Maybe you're believing God to provide for you a promotion at work, or maybe you're believing God to save your child, or maybe you're believing God uh, to provide for you in a certain way. All of us, in one way or another, are believing God to do something in our life, and I want to encourage your faith today. I want to make sure that you're standing in faith and and not in doubt, that you're standing in faith and not in fear. And I want you to walk away today with your faith strengthened in the Lord. Someone shout amen. So the question before us today is what does faith look like? And we're looking at Hannah's faith today. I got a couple reflections for us to think upon and meditate upon. Number one, someone say number one. Faith is a weapon for problems. Faith is a weapon for your problems. So think about this. Hannah was a woman of great faith, yet she also had great problems. The Bible says in verse 15 that she says, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. So think about this. She was a woman of great faith, yet at the same time, uh, throughout seasons of her life, she was a woman of great problems. She, she, she had real problems, yet she is still going down in history as one of the great mothers of faith. I want you to catch this, that her problems did not discredit her overall faith. Now, it's important to understand this. It's important to get it. 
Because, because some of y'all are in the midst of problems, and the enemy is using that problem to shame you. He's using that problem to say, hey, look, you don't have enough faith. Or, hey, look, you're not right with God. Or, hey, look, see, what you're doing is not good. And it's a mistake, my brothers and sisters, to think that just because you have a problem does not mean you don't have faith. In fact, I will flip the script on us and encourage you. That the reason why you have faith is to tackle your problems. One of the reasons why God has given us faith is a weapon to attack the problems that are trying to attack us. Has anybody fallen, uh, fallen along? Just because you have faith doesn't mean you will not have any problems. And the contrary is true too. Just because you have problems doesn't mean you lack faith. Your faith is for the problems. Your faith is to attack the problems that you have. God gave you faith as a weapon to overcome whatever it is the enemy throws at your life. Someone shout amen. I need you to get this because the enemy will try to shame us. They'll try to shame us and say, oh, I, I thought you were praising God. Or, oh, I thought you were serving God. And you'll be in the midst of a hard season in your life where your kids are acting up. Or your spouse may be acting up. Or your boss may be acting up. And if you don't have the right perspective, you'll get discouraged. And you'll throw in the towel. And no, you got to say, no, just because I have problems doesn't mean I don't have faith. And my faith is actually to attack the problems that I have. So I'm not going to run backwards. I'm going to run towards the problem in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible, the Bible confirms this over and over. In 1 John 5, 4, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. See, if you're a born-again believer, you're a world overcomer. That means whatever the devil throws at you in this world, you have the power to overcome whatever the enemy throws at you. Someone shout amen. The Bible says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Here it is, our faith. Someone say our faith. That's personal right there. That's my faith. Oh, now I understand. One of the reasons why God gave me faith is to overcome the world. Now I understand faith is more than just this invisible thing. No, faith is a weapon that I use to attack that which is attacking me. So it's time, mother, uh, 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 mother of Israel and daughter of the Most High God, it's time to get up and use that faith to attack whatever it is is attacking you. And that's what we believe Hannah did. How else did she end up in the tabernacle? How else does she end up in the throne of God instead of the phone of the world? It's easy to run to the phone before you run to the throne. But we find Hannah by the throne. We find her in the presence of God. How did she get there? Her heart is broken. People are ridiculing her. She feels ashamed. She cries out to God. She is such in a terrible state that they thought she was drunk when you read the rest of the story. The priest said, man, you need to stop sipping that stuff. And yet, in the midst of her grief, her faith 
carries her forward to the presence of the Lord God Almighty. So listen, the next time your heart is broken, the next time you're discouraged, you know where to run to. Be like Hannah. Don't run from God, but run to God because he has something for you. Someone shout amen. So what does faith look like? What does faith look like? Here's another aspect of that answer. Uh, number two, faith gives glory to God. Faith gives glory to God. Listen to verse 11. It says, then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life life. Pause for a second. Notice what she's doing. She says, God, if you answered my prayer, that answer that you give me, I'm going to give it back to you. Did you catch that? She said, Lord, if you, if you give me that, if you give me that, I'm going to make sure that I give it back to you. Now think about this. I want you to think about something. For years, Hannah was harassed by people because she could not have a baby. Think about this. For years, her friends criticized her. Remember, in this particular culture, to be barren was to be shameful in this particular culture. And so her friends made fun of her. Her fr friends thought bad about her. And for years, think about this, for years, Hannah prayed to God for a baby. No doubt for years she prayed to God for a baby. And get this, get this. For years God was silent. For years God did not answer her prayer. For years. Now, I think when I think about this tension that Hannah is in, I wonder why God did not answer her prayer sooner. When I think about this tension that she's in, I question in my mind, God, why didn't you answer her sooner? Like you answered her prayer. You, if you answered her prayer, that means you wanted to give her the son. You wanted to answer her prayer. Then why didn't you just, why didn't you just, just skip all the heartache and, and, and answer her prayer sooner? That's what my, my mind goes. God, why didn't you answer her prayer earlier? Now, get this. We don't know why God didn't answer her prayer sooner, but perhaps, perhaps, maybe it was because initially Hannah's motives may have been wrong. Perhaps, perhaps, just think about this for a second. Perhaps the reason why God didn't answer her prayer sooner because maybe she wanted a child to throw in the face of her critics. Maybe her motives were wrong. Maybe she wanted God to give her that child so she could silence her friends that were laughing at her. Maybe, I don't, perhaps she wanted God to give her a child so she could hold the child up in front of the people that laughed at her for years and say, how you like me now? Maybe her motives were wrong. Because we notice a shift in her attitude in verse 11. We notice 
that she says, God, if you give me this child, I'll give him back to you. The first thing that I'm going to do when you answer this prayer is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him back to you. What is she doing? What is she doing? She is getting her motives right. See, God is big on having right motives. Listen, I want to remind somebody today. Motives matter to God. Motives matter to God. What is motive? What is a motive? A motive is the reason behind your action. A motive is the reason behind your action. Now listen, man may not know your motive off the top, but God always knows your motive. Man may see on the outer surface, but listen, I got news for you. God can always see your heart. And motives matter to God. If we have the wrong motives, we will not hear from God. In fact, the scripture teaches in James 4.3, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Another translation says that you may spend what you get on your selfish desires. The reason why God is not answering your prayer is because the motive is wrong. You just want to spend it on yourself. And so that, that challenges us, doesn't it? It challenges us today. Are your, are your prayers not getting answered? Check your motives. Uh, are, are you wondering why you haven't been promoted at work? Check your motives. Are you wondering why uh, you haven't met the right person that maybe you should be marrying? Uh, uh, I don't know the answer to that, but one thing I will say is check your answer or check your motives. Proverbs 16.2 says, people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines the motives. He weighs out the motives. And so we see in Hannah a shift in her approach to God. And she says, God, if you answer my prayer, if you give me my desire, I will give them back to you. And bam, almost immediately she gets pregnant. Almost immediately, she gets pregnant. What's the takeaway? What's the lesson in that? Here it is. God will get to you what he can get glory from you. God will get to you. He'll, he'll get to you what he can get glory from you. See, God wants us to ask for things that bring him glory not just make us happy. Did you catch that? Like if we could start asking for things that will bring him praise, that will bring him glory, and not just make us happy, I'm pretty sure God will show up a little bit faster the next time you pray. See, people of faith, they want to bless God as much as they want God to bless them. People of faith, they want to bless God as much as they want God to bless them. This is called living for the glory of God. This is called living for the glory of God. If you want to live a life that catches the attention of God, if you want to live a life where God waits to bless you, where God pours out blessings upon you, we need to learn how to live for the glory of God. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, whatever you do, do it all. Someone say all. All for the glory of God. So how does that, how does that play out in everyday life? Like how does that play out in our everyday life? Let me give you some examples of living for the glory of God. You say, you say, God, I need a car. I need a car to get around. I need a car to go to work. I need a car to go to the store. God says, I have someone that needs a ride to church. The question is, are you willing to give your car back to God? Are you willing to use your car for the glory of God? That's, that's, that's living for the glory of God. Or, or here's another example. You say, God, I want you to bless my business. God, I, I need you to bless my business. God, God, I want you to, to bless my business. And, and God says, well, I need someone that will accelerate my kingdom business in the world. You see the exchange? You see the difference? You, God, I, I, need a, I need you to bless my business. All right, fine. But, but I need someone who will accelerate my business in the world. Will you be that person? Because if you're willing to be that person, then I'll pour out a blessing on your business. Anybody follow along? Let, let, me, let me break it down a little bit more. You say, God, I want a spouse because I'm lonely. Hello, somebody. If you can't say amen, say ouch. God says, I need an example of a godly marriage to show the world. Did you catch that? You say, God... I need a spouse. I'm lonely. And that's, that may be a legitimate cause, right? But I want you to shift your motive. Say, God, if you give me a spouse, I'll be committed. I'll be committed to be a godly example of what a marriage in Christ looks like. You see the shift in the motives right there. God, if you give me a car, Lord, I'll use it for your glory. I'll, I'll use it for your glory. Now, I'm not encouraging you to strike a deal with God. I'm just encouraging you to get your motives right. Are you following? Don't, don't misinterpret me because then y'all are going to go away and try to, try to play blackjack with God. No, I'm just talking about your motives. If we can check our motives and wonder and evaluate why we're really asking for what we're asking for. And if we line up our motives with the will of God, I'm confident he will answer your prayers much faster. Someone shout amen. <laughs> Lastly, I want us to think about what does faith look like? What does faith look like? Faith is tenacious. Someone say tenacious. Tenacious means dogged persistence. Tenacious means unyielding. Dogged persistence, unyielding. When we look at the testimony of Hannah, she had tenacious faith, and we see it in verse 12. She kept on praying to the Lord. That's what the scripture says. Notice this. This is an example of tenacious faith. She kept on praying to the Lord. She kept on praying to the Lord. She kept on praying to the Lord. She kept on praying to the Lord in the face of sorrow. She prayed to the Lord. In the face of discouragement, she kept on uh, believing God. In the face of brokenness, she kept on trusting in the Lord. 
She kept believing in the Lord in the face of doubt. She kept trusting in the Lord in the face of adversity. She kept worshiping the Lord even though God was silent. Even though God was silent, she kept worshiping the Lord. Even though it felt like God was a thousand miles away, she kept praising the Lord. That's tenacious faith right there. That's tenacious faith right now. Too many of us give up so easily. So easily. God doesn't answer our prayer in 24 hours. We're back doing whatever we were doing before. Hannah, she demonstrated this tenacious faith. She, she encourages us to keep talking to God, even though it feels like God is not doing nothing. She encourages us to keep praying to God, to keep serving God in the face of discouragement. I, I found this powerful verse that teaches us what our attitude should be as we approach God in prayer. Let me give you this powerful verse in Isaiah 62, verse 6 through 7. Listen to what it says. It's a powerful verse. It says, you who call on the Lord shall take no rest for yourselves. Take no rest for yourself. Are you serious about your prayer? Are you serious about your spouse being saved? Are you serious about your son being saved? Are you serious about your daughter serving the Lord? Listen to what the Bible says. Take no rest for yourselves, nor give God any rest until, someone say until, until he establishes Jerusalem and make her the praise of the earth. Listen, give no rest for yourselves and give God no rest. Listen, God invites you. Don't let me sleep, God says. Don't let me sleep. Keep praising me. Keep worshiping me. Keep trusting in me. That's what Hannah did. And she got the attention of God. So I have a word for someone in the house. Hear me today. God still wants to change your situation. God still wants to answer your prayer. God still wants to give you a breakthrough. God still wants to give you that what you're believing for. You just got to keep believing. You just got to keep trusting. You just got to keep praying and worshiping the Lord as did Hannah. I want to remind you of a testimony of Laura that we shared some time ago. But about, you know, I was arrested at 16 years old, and we got married at 21 years old in Ironwood State Prison, in the visiting hall of Ironwood State Prison. And I had this life sentence hanging over my head. And I remember uh, we used to, you know, talk about, having a family and talk about having kids and believing God that one day we would have a family. And it's, it's, a little, it's a little different between me as a male praying for a family and her as a female praying for a family. There's just a, it's a little different type of uh, uh, seriousness. It's a little different type of frustration. It's a little different type of tenacity. Would you agree with that? So Laura testifies about eight years uh, into my prison sentence, after years of saying, you know, to the Lord, Lord, I'm praying one day to have a baby. I'm praying one day to have a family. But her husband has a life sentence, and they're saying that it's possible he'll never get out of jail, that, that no one was getting out of jail at that particular time. And so she has this lingering over her, 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 her head, but she's trusting in the Lord. She's believing in the Lord. 
Lord, and she says that eight years into my prison sentence, God told her to buy a onesie. Anybody remember what a onesie is? A onesie is a piece of clothing for a little baby. And God gave her specific instructions to get a blue onesie because she wanted a male child as Hannah did, amen? And so after kind of struggling with the Lord, because that didn't, you know, in our natural mind, it don't set in, right? But how many of you know sometimes God asks you to step out in faith? So Laura eventually goes to the store, and she buys this onesie, and she hangs it up in her closet, and she testifies for eight years that onesie was hung up in the closet of her room. For eight years, she continued to believe. For eight years, she continued to trust in God, similar to what Hannah faced, similar to what Ham Hannah faced. And eight years, after eight years, finally, God answered her prayer and gave her a son. And I want to show you this picture of when Nathaniel was first born right there. This is not the exact onesie, but it is good enough to show the illustration of the sermon. Eight years later, this little boy pops up out of nowhere. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. So I want to encourage you today. As you walk away from church today. Whatever it is you're trusting in God for, may you continue to worship the Lord, continue to praise God, continue to thank Him for answering that prayer. May you leave today with strength and faith. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple moments, let us think about the word of the Lord. What was God trying to get across to us today? What was God saying Maybe God is asking someone to step out in faith as he did Laura. Not necessarily to get a onesie, but to do something. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. What was God saying? What was God getting across to you? Father God, we thank you for the testimony of Hannah. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God ever ready to answer. We ask, Lord, that you correct our motives. Correct our motives, Lord God. Maybe there's someone in the house today that just needs to line up your motives with God's will. With God's will. Just take a second right now to repent from unhealthy motives. Ask God to cleanse your motives. 
Maybe there's someone in the house today that God has challenged you to take a step of faith. You've been believing God for something. And the Bible says faith without actions is dead. So think about maybe God is asking you to take a step of faith toward whatever it is you're believing for. Think about that for a second. Father God, we thank you for strengthening our faith today. We thank you, Lord God, for the mothers of Chaplet Change. Bless their heart, Lord God, and strengthen their faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. I want to call up Pastor Martin to lead us in our tithes and offerings. Give it up for Pastor Martin as he comes to the stage. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Amen. Man, we got to have tenacious faith, not only in our prayers, but also in our giving. Amen? I said also in our giving. As we transition to our worshiping the Lord through our giving, the scripture I want to give you this afternoon is found in Proverbs 11.24 out of the Amplified Bible. It says, the generous man is the source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched and he who waters will himself be watered reaping the generosity he has sown amen that's a good place to say amen father you said that if i'm giving you're going to continue to pour back into my life we give to help advance the work of the lord god has chosen us get this to partner with him in the spreading of the gospel people getting saved being restored families coming back together you coming to church today with your mom is a probably a miracle that's a place to praise the Lord as we partner with the Lord and this ministry Chapel of Change we're working to accomplish one goal is to get as many people saved in, into the kingdom of God. That is our work. That is our purpose. That is our goal. It's become a lifestyle for us. And I pray that you will partner with us in doing this, bringing families back into the kingdom of God. I have a few announcements as the ushers make their way to the front. We're able to give through a debit machine that is facilitated in the lobby. You can also give through the envelopes that are found behind your chairs. You can give that as well. Or you can text to the number. Most of our family gives to cha online, chapelofchange.org. Amen. Or you can scan to give with your smartphone. Amen. Most, uh, most of us have a phone that's probably smarter than us. So you can scan to give and also give that way. We have options here at Chapel of Change. Uh, on the 27th, we have our Abides Women's Gathering. How, let me hear how many women and mothers are in this house today. All right, it's not a riot. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you women. And we have our Impact Young Adults. So if you are a young adult, we meet on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. right there. Inside this building, we will worship the Lord together. And we have our king's men. How many men we got in the house? Praise the Lord. 
Amen. God bless you, men. We meet here every Saturday at 8 a.m. For information, you can see Brother Nilo. And for the women, you can speak to Pastor Sandy. Amen. Let's come together. And let's continue to advance the work of the Lord. Because of your giving. Because of your giving. Many souls are coming into relationship with our Lord and Savior. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you allow us to partner with you, God, in bringing men and women and families and restoration, Lord God. Because of the giving, we are able to spread the gospel even further, God. And for this, I ask you to bless the men and the women that are giving. And Father, even those that are not able, your blessing is still upon them. In Jesus' name. Ushers, you are released. Amen. out with a blessing from the Lord. I want to invite our pastors and leaders to the altar. If you need extra prayer after service, you're welcome to come to the altar and one of our leaders or pastors will pray for you. We also invite you back this Thursday night as our midweek worship where we're studying the Bible. We have youth ministry, children's ministry, and the adults meet in the sanctuary for worship and the study of God's word. Let's lift up our hands unto the Lord and we'll dismiss with a blessing. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love, in the name of the Son who died that you could live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who fills you with power and faith, may you go today with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hope to see you Thursday. Go in peace. Happy Mother's Day.